Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. I hope that uh, all of you had a great Labor Day weekend. My apologies for getting this episode out a little bit later. Took a little bit of time for myself and my family. Had a great weekend and looking forward to get back into things now. Yeah, especially with fall just right around the corner. This is just my favorite time of the year. Football's about to start. The air is getting a little bit cooler. Halloween decorations are everywhere. Fall decorations are everywhere. It really is just an awesome, awesome time. Well, today's episode is episode 536 Chaos to Order. This past week, Speaking of things that were amazing, I had the opportunity to experience one of the best things that really we get to experience in life, and that's getting dental work done. <laughs> what? You, you're not agreeing with me? Okay, okay. So it's, it isn't so much fun, is it? It is not one of the best things that we get to experience in mortality. Probably is one of the main reasons that I look forward to the resurrection the most is so that I'll never have to worry about cavities again. No shots, no drilling, no fillings, no root canals, no crowns. Gosh, bring on the second coming already, please. In all seriousness, though, I'm grateful for the dentist and the work that they do. Heaven only knows where my teeth and mouth would be without them. For this particular visit, fortunately, I only needed a single filling. And so it wasn't too bad. I went in and they checked me in, got me situated in my room, and, and then started working to numb my teeth and gums, which is some of the worst part about the whole experience, isn't it? I knew they were running a little bit behind, though, and that it would take a little while for the numbing to take effect, so I decided to listen to one of my mentors for a moment. His name is Kirk Duncan, and he's been in the self-help space for quite some time and really one of the early pioneers of it. In fact, I have a collection of his trainings, and as I was scrolling through all the different titles, and trying to pick something to listen to while I was waiting, there was one that stuck out to me the most, one that I found myself really drawn to. And the title was this, Chaos to Order. And as I reflected back on that choice, I think I was drawn to it for the same reason probably most of us would be. I think we often link the difficult parts of our lives to the idea of chaos. And who wants to live in chaos? I know that I don't. Chaos seems to imply that Things are out of hand or out of control, and none of us likes to feel that way. And so the natural solution to that is order, which on the flip side of things, I think that we equate the good parts of life, those things that go like we want them to or like we think they should, as things being in order. Therefore, you can understand my draw to this title. Of course, there are parts of my life that are not in order as much as I think they should be or I want them to, probably just like yours. Parts that I equate to being in chaos a little too much or a little too chaotic. And I love the idea of bringing them into order, into a state of control. So that was the one I selected and I pushed play. Ironically, I was able to get almost all the way through a 45-minute recording before the dentist actually was able to come in. And based on the things I learned, which I want to share with you today, I guess it was worth the wait. Not necessarily the experience of having my teeth drilled on, but no, those things that I learned before that started happening. Well, to start things off, he told a personal story of a time that he decided to clean his garage because it had gotten to a point where it was more in a state of chaos than order. 
instantly I could relate to that (laughs) because I thought back on all of the times that I had helped my parents clean our garage growing up and all the times I had cleaned my own garage now that I'm older. And chances are having a garage that is in a state of chaos is something that I'm pretty sure you can relate to as well. We as humans seem to get to a point with certain things where we are tired of the chaos that's around us. And we decide it's time to do something about it, to bring it more into a state of order. And so with things like the garage, we get to work, cleaning it, throwing things out, reorganizing it better than it was before. One of the observations that was made as I listened to this is that we are surrounded by chaos. That is absolutely true, and in some ways, order as well. Have you noticed that there seems to be also a pull towards chaos? Almost as if that is the natural state of things, the things where things naturally want to gravitate to and go to. We really have to work hard at getting to and then maintaining a place of order instead of chaos. In fact, looking back now, that is even what I was experiencing in that very moment at the dentist that day. My teeth had gravitated towards a state of chaos. And I'm sure that I had done some things to expedite the process that caused them to break down from their ideal function and strength. And if I were to let things continue to move in that direction, well, then the chaos would only become worse and it would be harder to bring it all back into a state of order. So there I was to get a filling done and to keep the decay from doing what it was doing and breaking down my teeth. It really is a fascinating concept when you think about it, this idea of chaos and order. Now, a second observation that I think is worth pointing out, they took away from listening to one of my mentors, again, Kirk Duncan, is that the state of things that are in our life affect our experience in life. In other words, when things are in order, there is greater satisfaction. When things are in disorder, disarray, there is greater dissatisfaction. So in a lot of ways, it becomes a good measuring tool for us. If we're feeling dissatisfied with something, chances are it's because that thing is in a state of chaos and needs to be brought into a state of order. Think about how this relates to things like your home. When it's a mess, how do you feel? How do you feel when it is cleaned and in order? How many of you that have teenagers are frustrated with them, or any kids for that matter, because there is a lack of order. Whether it's because you can't get them to make their beds or clean their room or stay on top of their homework or stop playing video games or so many other things that just tend to breed chaos in our lives. Teenagers, no matter how you slice it, are in the process of learning the difference between chaos and order. They're not quite as far down the road as we are. And chaos can be appealing. And the other thing about chaos, as Kirk points out, is that it's very sticky. It's hard to break free of. It's hard to get away from. It's hard to move through. And again, chaos tends to come naturally, most easily, which is why so many teenagers gravitate to it and often get stuck in it. But given enough time and consequence, I think it's okay to let them experience chaos a little bit as long as they don't get rescued or protected from the consequences of it. Eventually, they can come to see for themselves the reasons and the benefits for order in their own lives. In the end, each of us are creators. We are literally creating the world that we live in, the world and environment that we are surrounded by. 
It is up to each of us to recognize the power that is in each of us and the opportunities all around us to help turn chaos into order or something out of nothing. This seems to be one of the fundamental reasons that I think we're here and one of the things that can bring real satisfaction to life and meaning to life. There isn't much more satisfying feeling than when you've taken something that was out of order and moved it into a place of greater order. Can you attest to that? I think that you can. I've long since felt that if God desires for us to become like Him, to have all that He has, then we must learn the ability to do just that, to turn chaos into order. Isn't that what He does on a daily basis? Isn't that a fundamental aspect of who He is? He took darkness and made it light. Raw materials and organized a world for us. From dust, he created our bodies. And with everything, he created and placed them in a state of order. There are laws and order that govern our universe, and they are mind-blowing. The order that is found in our own world and in nature is incredible. Science is basically all about learning about the way in which things are brought into order and the way that they function in that space and place. Even the way our bodies function and the order that is inherent in the way that it functions is enough to testify that there has to be a God behind it all. When things are in order, they run as intended and things go well. And when these kinds of things begin to break down, well, it moves closer and closer to chaos and there's always problems that arise from chaos. So in this learning realm basically that we're in, where experience is the greatest teacher, I really believe that we need to embrace our ability and the opportunity that is ours almost on a daily basis to create order in everything that we do each and every day. I want you to think about for a moment the countless opportunities that you have constantly in front of you, even just today, between the, the time that you woke up and the time you're listening to this. How many opportunities have you had, have you taken, have you done, to turn chaos into order, to put things in order. Gosh, mothers, your entire day could be summarized in the idea of taking chaos and bringing it into order, couldn't it? I mean, washing dirty clothes, folding them and putting them away, cleaning up the house, doing dishes and putting them away, making sure your kids have everything they need for school and that they get their homework done at the end of it, fixing dinner for a hungry family, vacuuming, organizing and reorganizing, helping your friends and neighbors, sweeping, dusting, and a hundred other things. And fathers, yours just as well, but maybe in different ways. Going to work, trying to run a business, completing the task that's been assigned to you, managing your responsibilities, fixing the car, getting the oil change, taking care of the lawn and landscaping, helping to move furniture, putting together furniture, (laughs) helping your wife make decorative choices, trying to manage a budget, planning a vacation. In each thing, you both are attempting to create order from chaos. And isn't this what you're striving each day to teach your children to do for themselves as well? Sometimes, albeit with greater success, some days than maybe others. Well, here's one of the great secrets to learning how to do this better and more effectively. Like with anything else, start small. If you want to create order in big things one day, start creating order in small things. Kirk suggests starting maybe with your sock drawer. 
Oh boy, now there is something of mine that is in a constant state of chaos. Or how about that junk drawer that we all have? Yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. As we bring these little things like that into a state of order, it will help us. It's going to help us to move in the direction of bringing greater things into order. And when you do this, one of the most important things that you can do while you're doing this is to recognize that you're not just organizing a sock drawer or doing dishes, but more importantly, you are a being of power and that this is what you do. You put things in order. Now, if you're honest with yourself, when was the last time you thought of yourself in that way or in the task that you were doing when you were organizing a sock drawer or doing the dishes or cleaning up the house or the car or doing any hundreds of other things that are similar. We don't look at it like that and we need to because that's what all of these opportunities are. They are literally training experiences for much bigger and better things. And think about this. How can we expect to keep order in the universe someday, to follow after God's footsteps if we can't even keep a sock drawer organized? Yet, It's in creating order in something like a sock drawer over and over that is conditioning us to recognize our power and ability to create order in a world of disorder. You and I are being reminded on a daily basis of what we have power to do, of what's inside of us by using that power in little ways all around us. And the idea is that once you and I have mastered something like our sock drawer or that junk drawer, that then we move on to something bigger, like, I don't know, maybe our closet <laughs> or maybe the game closet. Again, through the process, saying to yourself that I am a being of power and this is what I do. I put things in order and then go to work doing just that and put it in order. Remind yourself of this with every task that you do, even if it's just putting away the dishes. I think there's a real reason that none of these things are just a one-and-done experience, but they are repetitive in nature. You bring order to your dishes tonight, but guess what? They will be in disorder tomorrow, and you'll have to do it all over again. Eventually, the order of the sock drawer will break down, and so will the junk drawer and your closet, and you'll have to bring them back into order all over again as well. That's the world that we live in. Everything again moves towards chaos, right? However, I think through the repetition, we are learning more than we realize. There is power in recognizing the training that you and I are receiving and going through. In many ways, I wonder if we're not having our own karate kid experience, and we're not even realizing it. You remember that movie? You remember how Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel karate in the beginning? It wasn't through different punches and stances and kicks. It was through menial, mundane, repetitive tasks. Sanding the floor, painting the house, then painting the fence, then waxing cars. Eventually, Daniel was sick of it. He had had enough of being a slave to these seemingly insignificant processes. And it was then that Mr. Miyagi showed his true brilliance and genius. And he showed Daniel what he had been learning without even recognizing he was learning it kind of makes me wonder if maybe one day when we're standing before God, we'll find ourselves in a similar situation and say something similar. Like, what was the point 
I didn't learn anything about creating and governing worlds, let alone the universe. I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. You're supposed to be teaching me how to do this. To which Heavenly Father will say, oh yeah? Well, show me organize the sock drawer. <laughs> show me organize the game closet. Show me put the dishes away. Show me waking your kids up each and every morning over and over again. Show me doing the laundry. Show me fixing the car, weeding the garden, mowing the lawn. Maybe we'll be in as much awe as Daniel was at our newfound power to create order from chaos. And look at Heavenly Father, if it's even more possible, with a little bit more awe and reverence. <laughs> a little bit more like Daniel looked at Mr. Miyagi. I think the trick for us right now is to see these opportunities for what they are and to see them through the eyes of gratitude. Can we be grateful for the repeated opportunities to put things in order? even if they seem to be mundane and meaningless or incredibly frustrating. And more importantly, can we be grateful for the opportunities to put something together right after it falls apart? Now, that is where the real testing and maybe even faith comes in, doesn't it? How many of us have worked so hard at putting something together only to have it not come together in the way that you wanted or pictured that you thought it would? Or have just had it completely fall apart. In fact, just my own father came by my house the other day and he said something that was very interesting to me. He said something along the lines of, gosh, I have had several things that I've been working on actually go just the way I hoped that they would. Just the way I saw them in my mind going. And he said, man, that was nice. <laughs> Implying that things don't very often turn out that way, which I can absolutely attest to myself. Yes, it sure is nice when things come together just the way that we think that they should or the way that we wanted them to. But when they don't, well, that's when we get the opportunity to practice gratitude for the chance to try again and to learn from our mistakes. Or sometimes to learn the value of agency and how as much as we want order for others, like God clearly knows, we can't create that for them. They have to choose to create order for and in themselves. The real test again is when things fall apart, can we keep from falling apart ourselves? How often have we experienced this, working so hard on something only to have it fall to pieces and said things like, why did this happen? I worked so hard on this. It took so long. But I think a part of the process is learning to keep order in ourselves even when things fall apart around us. That is true self-mastery. So, Yes, there will be many of those times and moments, and that is a part of the process that exists here in this world. Remember, chaos to order, and from order to chaos, repeated over and over and over. And before you beat yourself up too much for maybe falling apart yourself when things fell apart around you, I want you to know I'm right there with you. In putting this episode together, right after I had just about finished putting all the ideas together that I wanted to share with you today, I had an experience where I woke up Saturday morning, was on my way to the gym, and noticed that my daughter's car was not where it should have been. She'd just gotten a new car that uh, she was very excited about. It's been a great blessing for her and for all of us. She's taken great care of it and parked it just on the side of the, the road next to a line of cars that are parked there every single night. But now hers was gone. <laughs> Come to find out, a tow truck driver 
and decided to come and, I don't know, make an example out of her and take her car in the middle of the night. And how much did they want for it? Well, I won't even tell you, but it was enough to put me over the edge and I literally fell apart. And I just thought, how ironic. I had spent all this time learning about this, studying it, preparing to share it with others, and yet I was in the same boat as everyone else, struggling to keep things together when things have fallen apart. That's a part of the process. That's why this is repetitive. That's why it's happening over and over. This takes a lifetime. It is the education of a lifetime. I remember a time, another time, where I had worked so hard to plan a multi-day event for a large youth group. And my committee that I had, we'd planned things for months. We had gone to great lengths to make sure everything was put in order the way that it should be. The food, the group arrangements, the materials and supplies were needed, the activities and the schedule, even down to the very minute. We were ready for this to go exactly like we had prepared. And for the first couple of days, for the most part, everything was going as planned. Chaos to order. Loved it. There was great order that was being experienced, and we were all satisfied and happy at the experience. But then, in the evening of one of the later days, one of the activities that we had planned was not coming together as well as we thought that it would. We had run out of time and we we're now starting to get behind on some of the other activities that we had planned that evening. Order to chaos, right? But yet I was determined to make things go the way that I wanted and the way that I had planned. However, I got to tell you, it was like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It just wasn't going to work. I couldn't do it. I was frustrated. I was angry. So much so that I had really become paralyzed as a leader. I had focused so much on the chaos that I failed to see the opportunity that it was to create something a little different, to adjust, to pivot, and to still put things into order even though they had started to fall apart. I just couldn't accept that things were not going the way that I wanted them to. And I couldn't see that chaos was an an inevitable part of the experience just as much as order was going to be. And that when that chaos happened and things fell apart that the best way I could keep from falling apart myself was to accept that this was going to be a part of the process and thereby be able to adjust and take, again, that new chaos that was presented and create something new and maybe a little bit different from it. Now, fortunately, I had a great support staff that did just that for me because I had shut down. I just, I could not wrap my head around why this wasn't working out. And they had made the decision to cut one of the activities out that we just didn't have time for and pivot a little from the plans we'd made and make the best of what we had to work with. I learned from that experience that, yes, life is about taking chaos to order, but it is also about having order turn to chaos and to start the process of putting things in order all over again. There is literally nothing that you or I can create that will stay in order indefinitely. And that's a key point. There is nothing, literally nothing that you and I can create that will stay in order indefinitely. That is the planet and the realm that we're living in. It doesn't matter how many times you clean the house or do the dishes. There will always be more to clean and to do each day until the day that we die. 
we will never arrive at a place of complete order in the world around us. But I believe that we can move towards a place of complete order within us. Trusting the process, seeing the value of those things that we are doing and doing often, and that are repetitive in nature, and doing our very best to not fall apart when what we're trying to bring order to falls apart. Even our own heartbeat, if you want to look at it that way, reminds us of this pattern. When there's a flat line on an EKG, that is not a good thing. That's not a good sign. It means you're basically dead or you're dying. But when there is a spike, it means that there's a beat and that there is life. Chaos to order, order to chaos, over and over again. Opposition in all things. We need the chaos to learn to put things in order. And we need the order to learn that there will be times of chaos. Again, recognizing we are therefore beings of power, capable of putting things in order from chaos, from the sock drawer to the closet to the office to the universe. And we can all start by looking at something small and asking ourselves, could this be better? And if the answer comes back yes, then it doesn't mean that we failed or that we're falling short. It just means we have the opportunity to take something in a state that it was to a higher level. And what an opportunity that is. It can be so fun to create order from chaos if we allow it to be. Kirk Duncan, in his message that I listened to in his training, gave three tips to help make sure that it is something that is enjoyable and that you are successful in. Step one, he said, is to recognize the opportunities that are around each of us each and every day to put things in order, no matter how small or mundane they may be. Step two is to be willing to go through the chaos in order to get there. Remember, chaos is sticky and it's difficult to push through, but there is no other way. You have to go through it. And step three is to be a finisher. You and I must see this process through to the end. We can't stop and leave it undone or nothing has been accomplished. We must finish the process and only then will there be a greater state of order than there was before. And sometimes in this process, things will get worse before they get better. I think it's important to understand that. In cleaning my garage, as an example, I don't know if you do this, but my method was very simple. I would just pull everything out, (laughs) keeping what is important and throwing things away that isn't, sweeping all up all the dirt and the junk in the process, creating that space where really there's nothing. For a while, to anyone that would see this process, I'm sure it would be natural to think that I was making things worse, not better. But then as I began to put things back, often in different places than they were before, and better organized than they were before, little by little, the order from the chaos begins to take shape. Until by the end of the afternoon, or sometimes late evening, I could take a step back and admire a job well done and take satisfaction in yet another experience that I was blessed with to have taking chaos and creating a higher state of order from it. Because, as I've mentioned several times, I am a being of power and this is what I do. I put things in order. One aspect of finishing related to putting things into order, again, 
is to finish the small things before you take on the big things. And I can't emphasize this enough, especially when it comes to creating order from chaos. And we're all at different levels. My girlfriend, as an example, is amazing at putting things into order. She does it naturally and effortlessly. And she even enjoys it immensely. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I have a long ways to go until I graduate to her level of organization and order. At least in some things. I gotta be honest, I may have a little bit more ability to turn chaos into order when it comes to my cars than she does. (laughs) But hey, that's okay too. Because we're all in different places and different levels and abilities when it comes to taking chaos and putting it into order. And so, as always, we need to be patient with others. We need to be patient with ourselves and recognize we're all learning at different speeds and at different levels. So just focus on what we can do, on putting the small things in your life in order, and eventually the bigger opportunities will come into order as well. Another truth that I found to be true and that Kirk has alluded to in his training is that money is attracted to order. And I think that's an important aspect of this that I wanted to kind of end on today because I know how much all of us loves money and we would all love to have more of it. Well, those who don't have money are often living more in a state of chaos than they are order, a state of chaos that tends to repel money. A very wealthy person that I know once told me something that always stayed with me. She said, rich people spend money like they're poor. And poor people spend money like they're rich. (laughs) The difference, as I've thought about that, really is order. Putting finances into order instead of leaving them in chaos. Putting spending habits in order instead of allowing them to remain in chaos. Putting time into order instead of allowing it to stay in chaos. It just works. I don't know all the reasons why, I just know it does. Try it for yourself And watch how money begins to flow into your life and even begins to pile up a bit because you are creating order out of chaos. It's really been said that money is energy. And when you create that kind of energy, that positive energy from turning chaos into order, money almost can't help but be attracted to it as if to give you additional resources and means to put bigger things into order in this universe of ours. Now, one last thing that I took away from my time at the dentist's office and listening to Kirk Duncan, and I think this is is very important and significant, and I've seen this absolutely to be true, is that in every space, there must be rules to govern that space whenever order is created from chaos. Otherwise, it will tend to go back into a state of chaos that much quicker. It's the rules and the laws that help keep things in order longer. He used as an example, say something like the space of a playroom. You can get that put into order, but if there aren't rules to govern that space, it is going to be in chaos that much quicker, just pretty much on a daily basis, right? And so you need a rule, something to help keep it in order, to help kids stay on top of cleaning it up. As an example, maybe you give the the rule that for this particular space, kids, you are to clean this up, all your toys, put them away every night at 8 o'clock or before 8 o'clock. 
that's the rule. And therefore, through the governance of that rule, it can help that area maintain order. Now, I know as a parent myself, you hear that and you're like, yeah, if it were only that easy, <laughs> it's not. Well, that's where our parenting comes into play. That's where the opportunity to teach and to correct and to govern is learned, often with our children who tend to come to us in many ways in a state of chaos. And so it's up to us to create those rules to help not only govern that space, but also govern them as well. And one of the things that's helpful with this is that to recognize when we issue a rule, when we make a rule to help govern that space and keep it in order, it's up to us to follow up on that rule, especially if we want it to stay in order. We can't just, especially with kids, put a rule in place and, and not follow up on it or not allow there to be consequences if it's not followed. That does a terrible disservice to our kids. But then here's the real trick is that in the enforcement of that rule, if we combine it with negative emotion and negative energy by yelling at our kids and saying things like, why haven't you cleaned this up yet? What is wrong with you? Why won't you pick up your toys? Why won't you do anything that I tell you to do? It creates a very negative space. And that negative energy and negative space will always tend to gravitate towards chaos more quickly than will something that is positive. That's why it becomes up to us and our job to try to enforce these rules and these laws that govern order in the most kind, loving, and respectful way that we possibly can. Because when they are followed and when they are obeyed out of love and out of respect, they tend to stay in order that much longer and that much more. Because they're not feeling like they have to follow those laws or those rules based on fear, but out of love. And love always perpetuates love. In fact, we may come to a point in time where we find that that room has been cleaned up without us even governing or trying to oversee its order. It just sometimes will happen on its own. That's a fun thing to see as a parent. Remember, as you're dealing with children who don't tend to obey quickly, to imagine still in your mind this aspect of whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do getting done. Because why? Because you are a being of order. And your thoughts and your positive energy will help bring that space or that particular thing into order. And it will move into order for the right reasons and in the right way. And this, by and large, is what God does with the universe in the creation of the world. In fact, there's even a scripture that you can probably relate to as a parent, but that is referencing the creation of the world that says God basically watched those things which he had ordered until they obeyed. <laughs> Isn't that what you do almost on a daily basis as a parent? See, you are learning and experiencing more than you think. And because those things are done out of love and respect instead of fear and force, again, it will stay in order longer and more frequently than if we allow that negative emotion to get involved. The thing about chaos is either you learn to manage and control it, or it will manage and control you. Another thing that Kirk pointed out is just how much nature is in harmony. But it's the people on the planet that cause the chaos, which implies we also have the opportunity through that to create order. 
So the idea is to harness your ability to control chaos and bring order into your world and into your life. And you and I will find greater and greater satisfaction in our lives than we've ever had before. This is, to me, a principle why a top-ranked Navy general once said that the most important task of the day, of any day, is to simply make your bed because it sets the tone for the day. In other words, it's the very first thing that you and I have the opportunity to take from a state of chaos and bring it into order. Remember, we are beings of power and are learning to create worlds and govern the universe by first learning to create order in our world and in the universe that we're a part of. We must learn to start small in order to go big. And it starts with our thinking and recognizing that we are beings of power and order and then learn to see that for ourselves in our lives and in our homes and everything else that we're a part of. And then move with love, respect, and constant effort to bring this vision into a reality, to bring order from chaos. Albert Einstein once said that the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking, and it cannot therefore be changed without changing our thinking. Thanks for listening this week, you guys. As always, don't forget Christ set the example. This is what he does every day, which is why it's so exciting that we have the opportunity every day to do the same thing. He takes chaos and brings it, if we let him, into order. In fact, 18 times throughout the New Testament, he invites those that he spoke with and was teaching to follow me. And when they do, well, things start coming together for them. Sometimes it gets harder, but it always gets better. There are miracles, there is strength, there is love, there is unity, there is family, there is togetherness, there is happiness, and there is peace because he takes the chaos in a person's life and around a person's life and he puts all of it into order beauty for ashes chaos to order thanks for listening you guys have a great week until next time i'm josh downs and you've been listening to the drive